Hello and welcome to another In Conference with Michael Jackson. Right here on your favorite podcast platform, this is cliffcentral.com. And this show is where you get to meet the people that I'm lucky enough to meet and or work with on conference stages around the world. I've spoken at over 2,500 conference events globally, met some amazing people, and we figured it would be really cool if you could meet them here as well. If you're a regular listener to these podcasts, you'll know that I also love homegrown South African talent. And our guest today ticks all of the above boxes. We're about to meet Conrad Koch, who is the MC, comedian, puppeteer, the man with his hand up Chester Missing's backside all the time. Um, he's an amazing colleague. He's, he literally works stages all over the place. And, of course, he's all over your TV screen on things like late night news and all over the media as well. Joining us on Skype from his home in Cape Town, this live is Conrad Koch. How are you, mate? Hey, Michael Jackson, it's great to be here. Yeah, I'm great. I'm well, I'm well. Wow. I mean, how does it feel being the leading puppeteer in the South African space, first and foremost? Well, it's a joke I have. Uh, I, when I'm overseas, I say, so uh, I'm the best ventriloquist in South Africa. But before you give me attitude, realize I'm the only one. It's like winning a beauty contest in vocal. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Where did it all start for you? I mean, look, you're a white elite kid that went through a private school who now terrifies the ANC with puppets. Where did it begin? Uh, yeah, it began at a white elite school, I guess, <laughs> uh, for all the pretentiousness that is in there. So, um, I, you know, I went to Rondebosch Boys and then to Bishops uh, and hated it. But, you know, that is where I'm from. Um, and then I studied anthropology at UCT uh, and psychology, uh, a bit of drama, and ended up focusing on anthropology. And that gave me a sort of – this was right during struggle time, you know, the TRC time. So I met people, you know, who had gone through unbelievable stuff during apartheid, and it, it sort of shook my awareness uh, out of its comfort zone. You know, that someone argue, would argue that, you know, someone like me never can really get out of their comfort zone, which is a fair point. But um, it, it just changed my perspective. Um, plus, with comedy, it was just taking off in the late 90s in South Africa. We were all growing at the same time uh, in Cape Town and Joburg. And uh, my career sort of blew up from there, being the only ventriloquist around with an interesting culture, and I did a lot of corporate events because that's where we earn our money as comedians. Uh, so I got to see sort of how the South African idea was being dealt with in companies. And, I, you know, I'm good at dealing with companies, and I'm good at dealing with culture, and I'm good with the puppets and the ventriloquism. So that all kind of came together quite uniquely. I'm just kind of intrigued, though, how Conrad Cott went back to his parents and said, thank you for that white um, elite private school education. Thank you for the university stuff. I've done social anthropology. And by the way, mom and dad, I've decided to become a ventriloquist and a comedian. <laughs> Must have gone down really well. Uh, I've even got a joke about it. Both my parents are lawyers, so, uh, you know. I had to be a ventriloquist because when they're both lawyers, you have to talk to yourself. Oh, you know, man. Um, but, the, you know, Michael, my dad uh, was an actuary and a lawyer at the same time. And because he had done something so weird, he studied them both at the same time, actuarial science and law. He just had this view of the world that just like doing something strange is actually far more certain than doing the mainstream jobs. I mean, 
you go become a stockbroker or a lawyer, you're not guessing guaranteed to find a niche in our sort of complex society we live in now. I love so, it. So they, they kind of were fine with it. They, they supported it. And I, you know, I was doing well at it from early age. I made a fortune doing kids' birthday parties when I was at school and stuff. So they were, I was never a normal kid, so they didn't expect me to get a normal job. So did you always have a natural affinity towards ventriloquism and or mimicry? Yeah, you know what it is? There's a place in Cape Town called the College of Magic, uh, where Riyad Moussa and Stuart Taylor also, you go on the weekends, they also went there, and it's sort of like a fun thing to do as a kid, and it's it's like a weekend activity, and I had seen really good ventriloquism as a result of that, and it just is such a fun idea, this puppet, you can say anything, the idea of throwing your voice, it's mischievous, um, and it was just like an interesting thing. And I guess the childlike fascination of that is something I've never lost. I just really like the idea of a really fun, cute puppet character. When did you start developing the puppet characters themselves? Uh, Michael, that was a slow process because my understanding of what I do and my understanding of the mechanics of ventriloquism, uh, the drama side of it, you know, you're doing a character, and the social side of it, what do you, what does someone like me want to say in the world that I live in? So all those pieces developed. So I started when I was like 10 with like a snake who has lived in a jar sort of thing, and then there was a, a bird, and then there was an ostrich made of feather dusters, and each of these things went through different phases and a little green guy and slowly and ended up uh, with Chester missing in the characters that I have now. It, because each phase is a different idea of how this job works. Do you think of Chester missing as now a real person, a child or a puppet in your own mind? Uh, that's such a great question. Uh, Chester missing is a real person uh, who is a puppet. So, I, I mean, he, he exists in my head. We treat him like he's real um we you know we engage with him again it's because people talk to him like he's real the idea of being a ventriloquist in this environment is not something that's part of the culture i live in so some listeners may find that odd but if you are a third language english speaker you may speak english fluently like you just like a sound like first language mm-hmm. but the last word you're going to learn is ventriloquist <laughs> yes because there's only one to see, but in the UK, everybody knows who the ventriloquist is. So the ventriloquists in the UK are in an environment where the audience expects them to make jokes about the fact that they're making the puppet talk. In other words, the awareness of the puppet being a puppet. But in my world, it's the least important thing. What counts is the puppet being who he is, being this chachirach, political analyst dude, talking to people, and that's what counts to them. And you've really captured the national psyche across South Africa. I mean, Chester, dare I say, is almost more famous than Conrad Koch. Almost. That's like (laughs) a total understatement. He's got 240-something thousand followers on Twitter, and I have 12,000. That's remarkable. Now, you got married recently, Conrad, in the real world, didn't you? Yes, I convinced someone to marry a ventriloquist. How does she, your wife, cope with you and Chester in the same house? Well, I, I think it's more the jokes about Chester and I being in the same house that she has to cope with. Like, uh, when we got married, is he going to be the best man? Uh, you know, will the puppets be there? What does Chester have to say about it? All those things. Uh, she's got quite used to putting Chester in his place. And she is actually part of how Chester developed because he, she's, a, she's an artist herself and a designer and a performer. And so she... Uh, con- help conceptualize the idea of this puppet that didn't 
catch any particular racial position clearly. So the idea of racial essentialism and as well the idea of sort of a futuristic African puppet, a puppet from South Africa that looked um, – that, that looked like it could fit into a world of South Park and uh, mm. graffiti and all that kind of thing. He's a magnificent character. I understand why he's got so many followers as well. I mean, you know, Chester has got his own very special place, I guess, in, in South African modern history. Um, I mean, he was the first puppet, for example, to actually win a real-life court case. God knows what your parents would say about that. Yeah, no, it was madness. Um, th- my my dad laughed his head off at it, and was and for a while I was like, wow, this is getting really serious. And then and then he got weird mail from friends in Australia about it, uh, from the reactionary types. But the uh, yeah, it, it's it's weird that he's taken on such a life of his own in some ways. And that then how do I position myself in relation to that? So that's kind of the next phase of what I'm developing now, building other characters and so on. How does it leave you feeling, though, now, though? I mean, do you feel like you're the man with his hand up Chester Missing's backside? Yes, and he tells me that every time I go on stage. Mm, it's a, a complex <laughs> yes, a, a, a difficult. It's, well, it's a weird relationship to have with someone. But he, his, my relationship with him has developed as he's become more famous. So it's, it's, and it's quite a cool metaphor for South Africa. You know, I'm riding on his career and so on. Uh, you know, where's this going? Well, I guess internationally, the idea of, of, um, of a puppet becoming more successful than his ventriloquist has just got this really cute kind of appeal. It is remarkable as well because, I mean, you've captured the psyche of South Africa so well, you know, from Julius Malema, who can't wait to be interviewed by him, to Jacob Zuma, who probably thinks it's a real person anyway. Um, all of them. But I've had weird experiences with those. The, the, what's made it interesting is that it's because people, at, on the one level, Magdalene Munsami from the uh, EFF summed it up very well. She, because she, she got interviewed by Drum Magazine right after I did an interview with her to see, because they wanted to understand what's this like. And she is saying the thing about Chester is because he really isn't a real person, you can't get upset. And the, because it's silly, you may have a serious question being thrown at you, but the, the thing throwing it at you isn't real. So how do you take it seriously? On the one hand, on the other hand, the, the, um, the. It also, you know, me being white and so on, I think, I don't think it made that big a difference to people. Just as now white he was of color, now he's white, it's just for international audiences. And I'm finished with the jokes that would come out of kind of the Sol Ramaphosa, Lonman, mm. Musi Maimani, Helen Zilla metaphor. I'm done with those jokes. But, um, the, the relationship Chester has with people is based on him being very progressive so they can hear he's not racist and speaks against racism, uh, but they can hear he's asking serious questions in a silly way. And as a result, it goes a lot to the culture of the more decent politicians we have. Musi Maimani gets on well with Chester. Bantu Olamisa gets on well with Chester. Gwede Mantasha gets on well with Chester. Uh, Julius Malema, funny enough, won't I've ch- chatted to him on the phone a few times about it, won't do an interview with Chester because he doesn't want to look like he's being like a clown. Yeah. But the thing is, Julius Malema is always joking around already. So it, I, I guess I'm not quite sure how that follows. So I actually haven't done an interview with Julius. And then with the president, I, my understanding as a president would actually be fine with it. And I've, I've had interactions with him from a distance where he waves at Chester and laughs at him and stuff. But I think the people <laughs> around <laughs> him are locked. Yeah. <laughs> you got their love done. I love it. I mean, he allows South Africa to breathe and laugh a little at themselves in some tough, tough tri- tribulations and times, really, I guess, doesn't he? Which is superb. Does that make you feel very proud, Conrad? 
That's a nice question, Michael. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's an honor in a, in a sense to have been let into spaces and to be allowed to interview people that have such amazing credibility. Um, I mean, Chester got given an award by Ahmed Katrada, you know, who's in jail with Nelson Mandela for mm. fighting racism. And Ahmed Katrada gave, you know, Mr. Katrada literally sort of shook Chester's hand and it was really sweet that this puppet, uh, is, I don't know. He's just got some respect uh, in, in some way. So it's a sort of a, a weird uh, a place to be because you also feel some sort of moral authority, which I'm trying to become lighter in my work. But because I've got to meet so many people who gave up so much, and you know, you, you don't want to be a, you don't want to take it lightly, you know. Yeah, look, I mean, we've also lost a lot of celebrities in 2016. Prince being the latest. Um, you know, there's no hint of Chester dying at all, is there? In the in the, ter- the time we have left till the end of the year. Well, the great thing about him is he's just make a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And speaking of new, we've got two minutes left because time is always against us. But what lies ahead for Conrad? You've mentioned new characters, new stuff, international work. What, what, what can people expect from Conrad Koch into the near future? Well, um, Michael, I'm doing a, a big show. I'm not sure what I'm going to call it. Probably me, myself, and them. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, a great title. Uh, in Cape Town, and uh, which will be a spin-off from Missing My Show I Did in Joburg. And then I've got a very big uh, show called The National Comics Party, which we're doing at the Lyric uh, on the 7th of May. People can book tickets with me and Don- uh, Jason Goliath and Skumba. And that'll be put on box office. So you can catch me doing a pre-election special on box office, uh, you know, uh, like a comedy special filmed at the Lyric. Very cool. Uh, and then international work. I'll be I'm busy building an international show so I can do fringe festivals around the world because uh, that's the one thing I've missed out doing. And you mentioned bread and butter, lots of corporate work as well. People can get you for company events and all that kind of thing. Absolutely. I mean, you know, my master's degree is in the cult- is in corporate culture. So I do talks and diversity. I do comedy, straight emceeing. I've, I've been doing corporates for years and enjoy it because it's a place where South Africans actually meet. A man of many talents indeed. Very briefly, Conrad, where do people find you? Um, it's, so the best is my website, conradkoch.coza or com, and that's K-O-C-H. And then at Conrad Koch on Twitter, at Chester Missing is the funny version of that, or uh, Mr. Chester Missing on Facebook. Awesome stuff. Lots of places to go and find. And just type your name, Conrad Koch, K-O-C-H, into Google, as you say, as well. All of that's going to come up, I guess. Exactly, more yeah. power to you, sir. More power to you and the creatures and people that you create. Uh, I look forward to seeing you either on a corporate stage or a massive comedic stage somewhere into the near future. And, and in closing, Conrad, thank you so much for being on the show with us. It's a real pleasure having you on Cliff Central. Thank you for inviting me, Michael. I love your work. Really appreciate it. All the very best, sir. Give my love to Chester. And those were the words of Conrad Koch, the top MC comedian, puppeteer, ventriloquist, and all-round nice bloke. You're with cliffcentral.com, and this has been In Conference with Michael Jackson. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.